Welcome to the Lawn Business Podcast. I'm Anthony Verna of Verna Law, managing partner, but but chances are, if you're listening, you already knew that. <laughs> I am here at Toy Fair 2020 with Will Jakes, my patent agent. Ah, good afternoon, uh, listening uh, folks. Uh, great to be here. All right, Will, so let's talk a few uh, uh, items, uh, a few big idea items for intellectual property and, and toys. Um, one item that I noticed from maybe a, a patent side is the fact that there are plenty of companies that have patents filed, or at least they told us they had patents filed, but the patent is, number is not noticed uh, on, on the packaging. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what that means for them. Yeah, kind of disturbing, uh, actually. But as you said, a lot of companies claim that they had uh, utility patents that were uh, uh, filed and or issued. But uh, those uh, the 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 designation of those patents or markings were not on the packaging uh, that they had. And what I wanted to bring out to them is that it really plays significantly or importantly in whether or not they were able and how much damages they might be able to capture from market infringers if in fact they never notified the market that the product that was being copied in fact had patents on it and so that's the whole idea of marking your product uh, with your patent numbers so you send a signal to the market that if you copy this uh, particular product you're copying one that's already patent protected I would also be worried from an infringement standpoint that um, without giving notice of the number that a defendant would possibly have a complete defense to patent infringement anyway because without that particular notice. Uh, no, it is, it is onus on patent owners to notify any infringer uh, of uh, copying or, or infringing on their patents. I mean, there's, there's no patent police, you know. <laughs> uh, it, there's no one that goes around uh, to see whether or not people are actually infringing on your, your patent. It's actually your responsibility to, to police that. Uh, and so, you know, there are many strategies that you need to employ, uh, but one of the first strategies is you can't extract damages from someone until you notify them that they are actually uh, infringing uh, on your patent. Part of the marking of your product is, is a notification to the marketplace that you have a patented product. And remember, there is no patent police is a trademark of Will Jake's. Because, <laughs> you, yes, if you listen to this podcast, you have heard there is no patent policed at least 10 other times from, <laughs> from Will in Probably. past episodes. <laughs> um, all right. So let's, let's talk about the uh, utility versus design issue. Uh, we, we spoke to several companies that said they had design patents, but I think you and I probably wanted to try to push them a little further to see if that design actually had utility there. Yeah, actually, it was a very interesting conversation with a number of people that we talked to. And, uh, you know, again, in in full disclosure and without disclosing what they were, you know, telling us, there were a number of companies that had what we thought to be utility features, you know, for their toys, their products, their inventions. Uh, And for whatever reason, they never sought, uh, uh, they never looked into the opportunity to exploit the potential uh, value of those utility, uh, of potential utility claims in those patents. And I was kind of surprised to hear that. There were you know, various excuses, uh, some around uh, cost, 
you know, and what it would potentially cost to do something like that, which, you know, can be somewhat erroneous. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're, it's almost like asking how much is a brain surgery going to cost before you get, <laughs> before you get the x-ray. And so, you know, we had an opportunity to at least explain that. But the other thing, and, and, and even more importantly, uh, was they were, they had a, an incorrect thought about what these features they had would be in a utility patent. In other words, they had elements, you know, that they knew were known, but what they didn't realize is that they were putting those things together and they were having them function in what we might consider just off the top at this show as being something that was novel and different from what would have been uh, in, in the prior art as it existed now. So I think uh, that's, that's a real key for a lot, of, a lot of small companies. Make sure that you're looking at the utility and not just the design. Design patents are good, but utility patents are, are, are much better. Uh, one item I certainly noticed was that a lot of companies said that they had filed their own trademark. <laughs> and what uh, my, my, my caveat toward that is that you're not doing due diligence. And if you're not doing your due diligence, you're not doing a trademark search, you're not seeing what the, um, as, as one, one of my colleagues once said to me, what the universe of that particular <laughs> trademark is, you don't know who your potential plaintiffs are for using the mark in commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of companies uh, you know, don't particularly see many, many potential plaintiffs when they do the trademark search, but... Um, if you do the search and you see the speed bumps, you can figure out how to work your way around the speed bumps before they happen. Yeah, it's almost like a uh, kind of head in the sand approach. Uh, and, and not that, that they mean to do that. Uh, but again, people are trying to avoid certain costs uh, that shouldn't be avoided, you know, and then spending money in areas that maybe they should take a back seat and review. As an example, you know, with the trademark uh, stuff, they will invest, you know, uh, uh, a significant amount of monies in logos, in branding, in other work. Uh, to to try to separate themselves in the marketplace only to find two or three uh, years later, maybe earlier, once they start making a few bucks that the folks that they should have caught on to very early on in the search are now knocking on their door saying that they're infringing uh, on their trademarks and brands. So I think that I think that's a real key. Also, uh, starting early with your trademarks is important because getting that that registration before an infringement occurs is very important in trademark law. And you heard me talk about that in a previous video blog where uh, uh, settlement for uh, trademark infringement wasn't as high as we had hoped in one case, but that's because the infringement happened uh, before the registration did. Another uh, issue that I see is that a lot of companies are basically taking a license agreement from a licensor, mm-hmm. not having counsel review it, and also, therefore, just kind of accepting it. Two, two issues I have with that. One, apart from the fact that I think it's important to have counsel review any agreement that a company enters into so that you understand what every word means, what every paragraph means, and how that fits into the whole agreement to begin with so that a company knows its liabilities and its duties under their contract. Um, but but also, there's 
pro- there might be even with a market difference between a small company and one of these big licensors there still might be room for negotiation of terms especially with counsel you know we have ways of negotiating you know it could be that sometimes you need to be a stone wall and you need to say no my client draws the line here and sometimes you pick up the phone you go you know i know you guys are big but my guy's small and we kind of need a favor. And here's what the favor is. Now, now, now look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, that all agreements have wiggle room. I'm not going to tell you that any one particular uh, uh, method of negotiation is better than the other. But without counsel there, I don't particularly think you're even trying to get something better on the license. Yeah, sometimes deal. they actually leave money on the table. They may have, uh, as a part of their IP portfolio, uh, let's say a utility patent that involves uh, a system and a method, a particular software, you know, that kind of drives uh, mechanisms, certain uh, toy features, uh, you know, physical uh, apparatus uh, associated with their portfolio. And they will license the entire thing, not only the toy, the design, you know, and the mechanical parts of their uh, patent portfolio, but also just kind of without thinking about it, also license the software segment of that, not realizing that the software is where the dollars are probably generated, uh, more so than on the toy itself, because it may be recurring. You know, for instance, there are companies out here that are you know, updating and writing new stories associated with uh, a product that they may have, but the, the new story is actually being downloaded through an app that's connected to that product. Well, you know, they're losing revenue on that if they're only licensing on the physical product side and ignoring the recurring revenue that's occurring from the marketplace, you know, users actually downloading and using the app. So you want to have counsel, you want to have professionals take a look at these deals, take a look at these license agreements to make sure you're at least extracting value from each and every component of of the potential IP portfolio and not always looking at it as one patent uh, as a whole. I, I think that's very important from the licensor standpoint, Will. So thank you. Thank you for that. We are, since uh, Toy Fair is letting out here, I think we're going to get <laughs> rolling since we're used to recording in a studio uh, with real microphones and not on our iPhones, but uh Hey, technology is amazing today's world. We learn world. how to improvise and we innovate when we need to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, my friend. Uh, thank you for uh, thank you for listening to the uh, this mini episode of the Lawn Business Podcast. I'm Anthony Verna. I'm here with Will Jakes. Okay, good night, folks. All right, everyone. We'll see you soon. Thank you.